Good morning, friends. Today's text is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brothers so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in everything pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. He had to do what? Make propitiation. Well, what on earth is that? Well, better yet, how does the Bible define propitiation? Well, if you want a biblical, non-theological example of propitiation, let's go all the way back to the book of Genesis, to the story of Jacob and Esau. Uh, Perhaps you remember the story, you know, Jacob had cheated Esau out of his inheritance, then he ran for his life. And then in Genesis 32, it tells another story 20 years later, and now Jacob wants to reconcile with his brothers. So as he's traveling back, he sends a message ahead to Esau and says, I, Jacob, your brother, am coming to meet you at such and such a time, such and such a place. Would you come and meet me? So he sends out a messenger ahead of him, and they come back with uh, good news and bad news. The good news is Esau's coming. The bad news is he's got a whole bunch of soldiers with him. Well, Jacob, being pretty wise, and he's that cunning guy, decides that he'll offer a gift, hoping to uh, pacify Esau. Genesis 32, he sa- it says that he made the following gift. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 20 or 200 ewes, 20 rams, 15 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 donkeys. He sent all of these animals on up ahead. And he instructed the, the guy who has taken this, this herd of animals. He says, well, my brother Esau meets you and asks, uh, who belongs to this stuff? Where are you going? Uh, you're to say, well, they belong to your servant Jacob. They're, they're a gift that he, he sent to you, my Lord Esau. He's coming right behind us. Now, that's to say Jacob thought to send a gift ahead of him and he would come behind the gift. He thought by the gift to turn away the anger of his brother. In fact, this is what Jacob thought. I will pacify him with these gifts I'm sending on ahead. Later when I see him, perhaps he will welcome me. Now, it's interesting that when the Greek translators of the Old Testament came to Genesis 32:14, they used the Greek word hiloskoma, which means literally, I will propitiate him with these gifts I am bringing. So to propitiate, whether we use it in modern day language or theological language, means to turn away wrath or anger by the offering of a gift. And alongside this, you could probably go to uh, and read something Solomon wrote in Proverbs 16:14. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, but a wise man will appease it. Now, to understand propitiation in its fullest biblical sense, especially as it applies to the days of Jesus, you have to understand a little bit of the Old Testament. That's why we always talk about connections in the biblical narrative. So you have to go back to one of the least read books of the Bible. You know the book, Leviticus. You probably said, oh no, not Leviticus. Well, yes, Leviticus. In Leviticus 16, we read the story about uh, the Day of Atonement. Now, back then, the Day of Atonement came up once a year. And on that day, a high priest would take off his regular regalia and put on a different uniform. On that day, he would offer up a goat as a sacrifice. Then he would take the blood of the goat and carefully go inside the tabernacle into the holy place behind the curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. 
he would take that blood of the goat in, and there he would come to the Ark of the Covenant. Now, you probably remember, I hope you do, that inside the Ark was a little bit of manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and most importantly, a copy of the Ten Commandments. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant, there was a lid made of pure gold, and there was a sculpture of the wings of angels from one side of the Ark to the other, from the cherubim. And there in the middle, on the top of that golden lid, the high priest would take the blood of the goat, and he would sprinkle it surrounded by the clouds of incense. Now, Leviticus 16 says that on the Day of Atonement, just once a year, when the high priest would take the blood of the goat into the most holy place, when he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat on the lid, God would look down from heaven and atonement or forgiveness, the covering for sin, would be made. Now, during the other days of the year, when God looked down from heaven to the Ark of the Covenant, when he saw what he saw was the Ten Commandments, which stood as a testimony against the sins of the nation of Israel. But on the Day of Atonement, when the high priest would take the blood of the goat, sprinkle it on that golden lid, when God looked down and saw it was not what was not the broken law of God, but the blood of the sacrifice. And the blood of the sacrifice covered the sin of the people of Israel. So on that day, and for that entire year, the sins of the people of Israel were atoned, they were forgiven, covered by the blood of the sacrifice. Now, maybe you can already figure out the problem here. It only lasted for a year because it was just the blood of a goat. Now, we know that it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin at all. Uh, The only efficacy in the blood of this animal was that it pointed to something that would happen later. That's why year after year, the high priest would go in and do it all over again. So there was no permanent forgiveness for sin in the Old Testament system. It just pointed to something else. And this is where the pointer goes into the New Testament again. And we find that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. Now, you discover that this word propitiation is the word that's often used to describe the effects of the death of Jesus. Now, let me read again from Hebrews 2.17. For this reason, he, that's Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Did you get that? Jesus was like the high priest who brought the blood in. It goes on and says that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement. And you could literally translate it that he might make propitiation for the sins of the people. You see, friends, when Jesus died on the cross, the blood he shed was like the blood on the mercy seat. It turned away the wrath of God, covered the sins of the people. Now, let's go a little bit further into the New Testament, 1 John chapter 2, 2. We'll make another connection here. It's the other side of the truth. It says, he is the atoning sacrifice. Now, you could translate it as other versions do. He was the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, put these two passages of Scripture together, and what you have is a truth like this. Jesus, in his death on the cross... On one hand, is like the high priest who made the sacrifice, who offered the blood on the mercy seat. On the other hand, Jesus is also the sacrifice itself. So Jesus, when he offered himself, was both the high priest and the sacrifice offered up to God. Now, how can that be? Well, it's really not so hard to understand. In the Old Testament, it is the blood of bulls and goats. In the New Testament, it's the eternal blood of Jesus 
which has eternal value and eternal efficacy in the eyes of Almighty God. So when Jesus hung on the cross, maybe you remember in great pain, he cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, something we don't fully understand happened. In that moment, all the wrath, all the anger of God was poured out as if a sewer pit of hell was emptied on Jesus. He became sin for us and all of your sin and my sin and the sins of the whole world were poured out on him. And in that moment, God turned his face away from his son. In that moment, Jesus took the wrath of God for us. Let me share just three quick truths to summarize, summarize then the effects of propitiation. One, because Jesus died, God's justice is now satisfied. Two, because Jesus died, God's wrath has now been turned away. The price for sin has been paid. And three, because Jesus died, God's mercy is now freely available to anyone who wants it. Well, how do we apply that to my life and your life? Well, I'm going to close with just four implications. First of all, the doctrine of propitiation means that God's essential nature has now been fully revealed. You know, a lot of people live in fear. They live in fear that God is angry or that God's trying to hurt them or God is trying to get even with them. I mean, you hear today people say God is punishing us today by everything that's happening in this world. I mean, you hear people say to pray for the opposite of what you want because God always gives you the opposite of what you pray for. That's just nonsense. That's a perversion of the character of God. The doctrine of propitiation teaches us that What ought to be a judgment seat has now, through the blood of Jesus, been turned into a mercy seat. And what ought to be a throne of judgment is now, for a believer, a throne of grace. That's why Hebrews says that he might be a merciful high priest. And there we see God's essential character. Merciful and gracious to us on the basis of Jesus' death on the cross. Here's the second thing I want you to think about. We now see clearly the absolute necessity of the blood of Jesus. See, just as that blood must be sprinkled in the Old Testament, even so, the literal blood of Jesus needs to be shed on the cross. So don't believe people who say that in these modern days we can't talk about the blood. That comes from people that are ashamed of what the New Testament says. If you take the blood of Jesus out, you've taken out the gospel of Christ. Here's my third thought. Since Christ bore the full weight of God's wrath, we now enjoy the full blessing of God's mercy. If you are a Christ follower, and I hope you are, and you're living with a little bit of a guilt complex because you think God hates you, I just want to tell you that perhaps you don't understand the cross as much as you should. See, the table of the Lord is God's final proof that he's not angry at you. He loves you and is merciful towards you. His wrath has been turned away. And lastly, for those people who reject Jesus, there's nowhere else to turn. Now, by this, I simply mean the gift of Jesus is so great, his sacrifice so magnificent, his death so awesome and his benefits that if you decide to go elsewhere, what you'll find is there's, there, there's no place to go. If you turn from the cross and go back into the world or think you can do it on your own, if you turn away from Jesus, well, you're going to discover no place else to go. 
Scripture says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. As a young boy uh, attending St. John's Lutheran School in Seward, Nebraska, one of the things we had to do all the way from kindergarten through eighth grade was memorize a lot of hymns. Now, one I remember to this day that seems to fit here goes this way. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stain. I guess I should ask, have you ever been plunged beneath the flood of the blood of Jesus? You see, friends, God's Son has made propitiation. He has turned away the wrath of God. He shed his blood in what was a place of judgment is now a mercy seat for people like you and people like me. That's why we we need to run to the bloody cross of Calvary where we find that our sins are forgiven. And it's certainly my prayer today and always that God help you and me and all people to run to the cross and to cling to Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, in these moments, grant us by your Spirit to draw seekers to the Savior, not condemners, but gospelers. Grant by your Spirit the blessing now that someone would come to Jesus and find the forgiveness they need. We pray it in his name. Amen. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion. God bless.